This is Ben Smith, I'm a photographer, and this is my podcast, A Small Voice, Conversations with Photographers. Thanks for listening. This week on the podcast, Laura Panak. Laura has established herself over the last six or seven years as a very original voice in the field of portrait photography. Um, She has been extensively exhibited and published in the UK and internationally. Uh, Her work's been shown at the National Portrait Gallery and the Houses of Parliament, to name two venues. Um, She has won a bunch of awards, perhaps not quite as many as I like to uh, suggest in the interview, but she certainly um, won uh, a World Press Award, first prize, uh, and the Vic Odden Award, uh, which she won in 2012. Those are the two that she mentions in the interview, and um, there are a whole bunch of others besides. Uh, She is, um, well, let me read what it says on her site. Laura is driven by research-led, self-initiated projects. In her own words, she does all she can to understand the lives of those captured and to present them creatively. She is a firm believer that time, trust and understanding is the key to portraying subjects truthfully. And as such, many of her projects develop over several years. Her particular approach allows a genuine connection to exist between sitter and photographer, which in turn elucidates the intimacy of these very human exchanges. Her images aim to suggest the shared ideas and experiences that are entwined in each frame that she shoots. Uh, and then it goes on to say that she basically, uh, she likes to shoot film, does Laura. So um, here's the interview. Um, I enjoyed it and I hope you do too. So you ready to do this? I am. Let's do it. So here I am with the hardest working woman in British photography. Oh, that's all lies. Laura <laughs> Panak. I didn't wake up till 10. Really? No. Are you a bit of a late starter Mm, no just freelancer (laughs) yeah well that's one of the nice things about it so yeah it would seem from the outside that you've had quite a quite a trajectory in a way does it does it feel that way to you you've 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 done a lot in a fairly short period of time no it doesn't feel like that at all it feels like i haven't done enough is that is that just because you've got a, a bit of a work ethic um, no, I just, I have this obsession with time. I always think that time um, is moving too quickly. I always feel like I'm not productive enough. Um, I think it's quite difficult to monitor your productivity when you're freelance. Hmm. And I think that um, the boundaries are blurred between work and play when you enjoy what you do. Hmm. Um, and there's no kind of rules. Yeah. I think it's difficult when you're right in the kind of middle of it as well to sort of step back and get some perspective. I mean, you know, you're um, you certainly seem pretty prolific, and you you certainly seem to work a lot. Does it does it not feel that way to you? No, it doesn't. And I feel like I haven't done half of what I want to do at all. I haven't achieved half of what I want to do. Um, but I'm learning a lot, and like that's what I keep telling myself is that. Actually, you know what, as long as I'm learning and I'm enjoying what I'm doing and I'm developing as a person, as an artist, then that's kind of what's important right now. Um, Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So your dad was a photographer. Mm -hmm. 
What kind of photographer was he? He was a, he used to, apparently he used to share a studio with Bailey. So he was a black and white fashion photographer. Wow. Um, and he's, he's an amazing black and white printer. He's very, he's always had a dark room since I've known him. Um, very much kind of, you know, um, kind of grew I grew up in the dark room. So like my earliest memories are definitely kind of tipping the trays and, and yeah, like being sort of in that space and smelling those chemicals. Mm. Um, and he's, he's quite, um, he's a very, very creative person. Um, he's very good at problem solving. Um, and so he used to kind of do a mixture of fashion and, and an advertising. And I remember when, when I ever saw him shoot, it was always fashion. Right. In the studio. Yeah. Never on location. So basically the total opposite to what I do. Mm. Yeah. But it kind of must have must have had some impression of on you as a young girl. I think like, yeah, like I think I found it really fun. And I don't think it had... Um, I don't think it had like a clear cut kind of impression on me because I think both of my parents are very creative like my mum was always drawing and encouraging me to draw and my background was in painting and drawing and that was my my interest and then as soon as I tried photography I just kind of fell in love with it like Mm. absolutely fell in love with it so it almost feels coincidental that um, my father was a photographer it doesn't feel like a literal translation because I didn't pick up a camera until I was 20 21 right so so you kind of it was perhaps it was a sort of bit of a, a kind of slow burn influence that it kind of was mm. it was kind of in the background or something yeah but what 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 are those memories that you have of of kind of uh being in the dark room was it a kind of magical thing for you yeah totally i mean um it was it was beautiful kind of watching the image appear and um it was fun it, it was like a game and i remember kind of hanging out in the studio and it just being really, really good fun. Mm. It was a fun place to be and kind of, you know... Is, is that where your sort of affection and, and love of film kind of comes from, do you think, the fact that you had that dark experience? Because a, a lot of photographers of your generation and, and younger will, you know, would never have, have had any experience of film at all, it occurs to me. I think that my education was incredibly analog based. Um, I didn't have any digital education whatsoever. And I remember as soon as I started learning photography um, that I relished the idea of the craft and the idea of kind of experimenting and the chemistry of it. Um, you know, I used to kind of, I've always treated it as a game and I used to kind of like be really geeky and see how quickly I could load a roll of film onto a spool. And I just really enjoyed it. I found it quite empowering and I felt really safe walking around with a camera. It just felt entertaining. I'm the kind of person that gets bored incredibly easily. Um, I always need something to kind of entertain me or yeah, amuse Mm. me. And for me, wherever I am, if I've got a camera on me, it's kind of like, I know I've got something there, just like I know I've got a sketchbook there if I want to draw. Um, And I think that like one of the biggest influences, my dad actually bought me a camera when I was uh, first starting out in art school. And I just took that around the streets and used to shoot a roll of black and white every day and then just process it at night. And I threw away like bags full of rolls of film because it was just like I really liked pressing the button and kind of just exploring. And I just found it very... It was just a very organic thing to do. I never had to force myself to do it. Right. So you and you did a degree, didn't you, in photography? So mm-hmm. even your degree was was kind of film based. There, there wasn't any digital there. Yeah, absolutely. Right. 
I mean, you also did, you sort of studied painting or paint or, you know, fine art or I mean, were some of your influences um, painters rather than photographers at that stage? Yeah, I think I've always had influences from all over the place. I've never just looked at photography. Um, and I always, you know, even now I look to painters and illustrators um, and filmmakers and writers. You know, I, I don't really think that my photography is heavily influenced by other photography. I think it's just an accumulation of loads of different things. Um, I definitely, when I go to exhibitions, I probably enjoy going to painting exhibitions um, as much, if not more, than uh, photography exhibitions. I really enjoy them. Um, And I think that often I enjoy looking back at artists one of the best exhibitions that i i've ever seen was the ergon schiller exhibition um the serpentine i really enjoyed that um no sorry it was somerset house hmm. okay yeah yeah i mean you can certainly learn a lot from those from those guys uh, about composition and 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 light and you know if you go back to some of the old masters and you mm. know if you go to the national gallery or something yeah that's there's a lot of stuff you can draw influence from there um so after you'd, you'd, you'd finished your degree, um, I mean, was it always portraiture for you? Yeah, like my degree was great in the sense that it really encouraged us to try everything. So throughout our course, we had to photograph uh, landscapes, still life, fashion, everything. And I do think that one of the best things to do to figure out what you want to do is to figure out what you don't want to do. And for me, it was very... Um, it was really clear from the from the onset that portraiture was my thing and I was actually kind of quite stubborn and I didn't want to photograph other things. And then when I did, I, I began to understand that I needed to open my mind and, you know, now I'm actually exploring doing landscapes and still lifes and lots of different things and I'm playing around with things. And I think that I enjoy people the most and I always will. Um, well, I don't, say, I don't want to say I always will, but I enjoy photographing people. I like the unpredictability of a person And I like the role that the photographer plays in that relationship. Um, I like the fact that it's so kind of unpredictable, like you never know what somebody else is going to do and and your behaviour has such a heavy influence on their behaviour and it has the ability to transform your emotions um, instantaneously Mm. and form connections and relationships with people that I think is immeasurable. Right. So I was going to ask you about whether you'd sort of thought about exploring other areas. So clearly, you've already started doing that. You're mm-hmm. not, you're you're very much thought of as a as a as a portrait photographer, and and um, I guess you know in in the kind of editorial landscape that we live in, that's uh, that's no bad thing because most of what gets commissioned is is portrait photography. Was that was there any kind of was that part of your 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 thinking or was no, that not at all totally accidental no i'm really bad like that i don't really i don't really produce work for uh, you know a financial agenda or a kind of like yeah i don't really think of the outcome you know even now when i produce projects and people say so is it going to be a book or an exhibition i'm like i don't know it might just sit under my bed i kind of don't really care um yeah I've, yeah I've, ne- I've never really kind of had that in my head I just think about what I enjoy doing and you know I was given advice when I first moved to London I remember I got called in to see a few agents and I didn't even know what an agent was 
And um, it was really helpful for me because, you know, a lot of people say, well, there's not enough kind of, you know, education as to the business of photography at university. And, and actually, you know, what? I think it's really important for photographers to go and figure that out for themselves. I think that photographers shouldn't be spoon fed. And if you really want to find out about the industry, you go out and you ask questions and you learn. And um, it was really helpful for me to meet those different agents because half of them actually said to me, you need to go out and you need to photograph animals. You need to photograph people running in the rain and use flash. You need to photograph in the dark. You need to... And actually, the people that I've continued relationships with and that I really value are those people that have said, look, you might not earn money out of this, but just keep doing what you enjoy. And that just felt very sincere and actually, you know, kind of obvious to me that... I might not earn a lot of money out of it and, you know, I might not be successful in some people's eyes, but I really enjoy what I shoot. Um, and I, I'm pretty open-minded. Like, I, I'll shoot anything. I'll try anything, you know. Um, but I don't really want to kind of go and kind of stretch my portfolio for the purpose of a market. But I think that that advice to do, you know, shoot what you like shooting is still still holds, you know, is, is probably the best uh, approach um you've won quite a lot of awards you've done uh, well yeah see I, I, when i do the introduction for this interview i will i will probably list some of them i don't know what they are now but there's loads of them what which ones kind of meant the most to you i think i like i used to win a lot of awards i haven't won a, won a few in a while well that's because um, there aren't any left for you to win or... <laughs> no, just haven't got any work to enter at the moment um I I think there's probably two that mean a hell of a lot to me. One of them was World Press Photo. Um, The reason that meant a lot to me was because um, I've always idolised, you know, um, war photographers and photojournalists. And um, I've always loved the idea of, of delivering a message and telling a story that can have an impact on people. And I'd never put myself within that kind of realm of photography. And I still don't know, you know, where I fit. I don't, I kind of don't like to pigeonhole photographers. But um, for me, it was the greatest honour because I got to meet a lot of my heroes. And I got to feel included within that World Press family. And the foundation of World Press is incredibly important And I've always really valued it. You know, since a young age, I've grown up getting the annuals every year, going to the exhibitions every year. So to be part of that was just a real honour and a huge shock, Um, a huge, huge, huge shock. And it didn't change my life in the sense that I didn't get any more work or I didn't, you know, become famous or anything like that. It it was just um, a huge honour to be kind of part of that family and and feel that I had the support of a great organisation that I valued um and the other one was um one uh from the uh, royal photographic society and that was the vic Alden award um and it was a notable achievement for a photographer i think it was 35 and under in the uk and the reason again that i i really value that was because um it the royal photographic society is um such a kind of old school beautiful community that really brings together photographers from all different parts of the world, from all different generations and ages. And it also brings together my love of science. And I didn't like science as a kid, and I hated science in secondary school. But um, recently, in the past few years, I've become really interested in it. And um, 
And I, I just, I find, you know, the Royal Photographic Society Awards fascinating. You know, like when when they presented my award, one of the awards went to this guy who had invented the digital camera. Like, to me, that just blew my mind. I was like, that's amazing. And And the people that go to the awards and the people that are part of the society, some of them have been photographers for, you know, 50, 60 years. And, and some of them are like the greatest photographers in the world. And what's nice is they're all just part of this family and everyone just has a good chat. And it's a really supportive community. Mm. And for them to, you know, for some reason, give me this award was just like, wow, you know, like, thank you for including me in that. So yeah. it just, it just like, again, it was a huge shock, but it felt like I felt really welcomed and I just really appreciate it. And since then I've, I've been to a, just the past few years, I've been a regional speaker to them and it's been really nice to actually just go around the country and, and speak to other RPS members and talk about work and share our passion. And I think that they are a very genuine, sincere and traditional representation of the photographic community. All right. And do you remember, like, where, where were you when you found out about winning the World Press, for instance? Do you remember that actual kind of moment? Yeah, I was standing outside a yoga class. Really? <laughs> um, and I remember just, like, running around as if I had literally just won the lottery. I remember my heart beating so fast. I remember screaming and just being... Like, I couldn't... The only reason I entered the awards was because my friend Ben was like, oh, you might as well enter, you get a free annual. So I was like, yeah, all right. So like literally the day before, I just threw my picture in. Was that literally your first year of entering then or had you done it before? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was the first wow. time I'd ever entered, yeah. And I think the picture that won was um, the picture of Graham, is it? Yeah, that's right, who's yeah. A, who's a young man um, who suffered with anorexia. Yeah. How did that project come about? Was that a commission or was that one? Yeah, it wasn't a project. It was um, just a small portrait for The Guardian Weekend. So it was literally a job. Yeah. Right. And what's funny is actually um, I was a bit concerned because Kate Edwards, who's the editor of The Guardian, um, she actually uh, was one of the judges on the World Press Committee. So I was like, oh, shit, you know, that's the reason it's come in. Um, And actually she had to step away during the jury and say, I can't vote on this. And that was a huge relief to me to know that, you know, there wasn't any. And I I really like... um, I really appreciate and, and that's the wonderful thing about commissions you know people like Kate when when they commission you to do work they really um encourage you to be creative and encourage you to just you know shoot how you shoot and that's how I've kind of always taken commissions is to kind of just treat them as another opportunity to to make a picture and not necessarily think of it as a separation between commission and personal work yeah and they're, they're even now they're still happy for you to shoot film Mm, if they pay for it, I'll do it. Right. But <laughs> but nobody's got the budget. <laughs> okay. So does that mean you are now shooting some jobs digitally? Oh, I shoot all my work digitally. Oh, okay. Yeah, I shoot all my personal work on analog, and then um, any editorial work and any commercial work I shoot digitally. Oh, okay, fine. Yeah. Unless uh, I mean, last week I did um, a shoot and I shot everything on analog, and mm. that was for an editorial. But that's because they agreed to pay the film cost. Sure. So yeah. yeah, if the turnaround isn't, you know, is over 24 hours and they'll they'll fund the film, I would 100% rather shoot analog. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And I mean in terms of getting um jobs, I mean you have worked for probably most of the kind of major certainly newspapers in this country. Um have those relationships come from the fact that you've 
won quite a few awards and or you know have you gone out there and kind of hustled for it how's it kind of come about um i think it's come about through um other photographers introducing me um like i i assisted simon roberts for a number of years and he's he's my mentor basically you know if i if i need some advice um he kind of helps me out and he was very supportive and still is and you know he kind of like sort of said to a few editors this is Laura. And then coincidentally, I happened to meet them because they were judges on awards or they saw my work and they, you know, like some of my projects got published and they saw the publications and they got in touch with me or I reached out to them. Um, I think my understanding of the market has changed as I've grown older, which is totally natural. And I think that um, I was very naive and very sort of like, innocently eager and very hungry when you know I was younger and really wanted to kind of just meet everyone and do everything and um and I think that that often came across you know maybe in the wrong way maybe too pushy maybe too needy um but it it just came from a drive and a passion it was purely innocent it wasn't because you know it didn't come from any any negativity but now I look back I, I think that actually you know, you do have to approach things delicately sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it could be just interpreted as enthusiasm, which presumably I hope is, so. I hope so. You know, something then, that people respond to. I think what's really nice is I've been I've been really lucky in the sense that a lot of editors are very supportive, um, and they've you know I've some of them I've known for nine or ten years, and they will turn around to me now and say, "God, you were a pain in the ass when I first met you," or "I don't know how I put up with you at the beginning," and but they've given me the benefit of the doubt because they've seen how hard I'm willing to work and how passionate I am and and they've seen that all I want to do is do a good job hmm. you've most of your um the, the projects which you've kind of you're well known for have involved shooting uh young people um why what's that about yeah <laughs> what's that all about I don't know I just like I find teenagers really fascinating um I I enjoy that um that kind of that period of transition and and I think part of me is still a teenager I think I'm still kind of stuck in that phase um I mean you're certainly young enough to have sort of one foot in that in that not quite I'm 30 now I think maybe 10 years ago I don't know um but I think yeah I'm incredibly immature um but I I don't know I just like I love that sense of adventure I love that naivety I love that unpredictability and I also like a challenge and I tend to be drawn to people that are incredibly unattainable and you know, young people and teenagers by nature are, you know, they're reckless and they're they're invincible. You know, and I and I and I like that idea that actually that, you know, I can't just take their picture. It's it's always going to be, you know, a kind of I have to work on a relationship. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess that's important with portrait photography generally. So I mean, have, has that kind of taught you a lot? Is working with young people kind of taught you stuff that you can you can then apply generally? I don't know. I think what I've... I think I've actually... I was thinking the other day how actually, like, there's so many things in my life that have taught me about portrait photography that you'd never even think of. Like, for example, I worked for two years as a telesales, like, executive, and that taught me shitloads about portraits. Like, you would never think it. In what sense? In the sense that everyone will say no, and you have to empathize with them and find a way to listen to them to get them to say yes 
Right. So it's that thing of uh, <laughs> uh, that thing of developing trust, as it were, which is something that kind of comes yeah. up a lot. And um, yeah, well, let's talk about that. What, what how, it, in what sense is that um, part of your kind of process that you, you know, develop developing a relationship or, or trust with with uh, with people? I think you were saying about time, trust, and and understanding, but sometimes you don't have time. No, you don't. And I think like somebody said something to me the other day where they said, you know, you really need to rein back the fact that sometimes, you know, you ask really inappropriate questions very early on. And actually, I was just like, you know what, that's just me. And I, I bore of people really easily. And I bore of myself really easily. And that's not meant in an arrogant sense. That's just meant as my low level of tolerance and impatience. Um and I think that um, I like pushing the boundaries of relationships and I like finding things out about people. I'm very interested and nosy and curious and I like asking questions. So for me, even if I only have 15 minutes with somebody, I'd kind of like rather know some really random questions about them than just ask them how their journey was there. Like, you know, when I shot um, Ian McKellen or someone like that, that, I can't remember who it was or... I think it was Ian McEwen, actually. And he's one of like, yeah, it was Ian McEwen. He's one of my favourite writers. And instead of sort of saying to him, you know, how was your journey or something like that, we were just walking. We only had five minutes. And I said, um, have you ever wanted to kill yourself? Or, or something really random like that. Or have you ever... We, we somehow got onto the idea of dying. And we were talking, you know, and he said, yeah, like, you know, I think the last time I came close to kind of death was this and and it just struck up a like a much more interesting conversation um and i'm very interested in the idea of vulnerability and uh and and kind of humans sharing that Mm. where does that come from do you think i don't know i mean have you felt a lot of that yourself yeah i don't know i i just i find um I find the idea of human vulnerability um, such an embracing and shared experience that kind of encourages people to form closer bonds. I'm just going to shut the door. Sure. I think um, I think you notice that people become incredibly close um, when they're like, say, for example, if you're in a natural disaster or if you're stuck in a lift with people, there's just a new level that develops amongst that human relationship that I find quite fascinating. Mm. And when, you, when you've got sort of, like you say, 10 minutes to photograph someone quite well known, um, I mean, do you have particular sort of tactics, as it were, or are you just very sort of, you know, I mean, the, the thing of asking uh, um, a sort of unusually um, intimate question is just something that the sort of thing that comes naturally to you. Yeah, and and I, you know, I might only do that like once a year. I don't know. Like, there's no, there's definitely no formula that I use. And actually, um, I'm probably not very good at it because I often ask really inappropriate questions. Or, you know, um, I don't, I don't really think that I have the ability to get closer to somebody in ten minutes than anybody else. I really don't. Um, but what I do know is that I'm very interested in people. So if I only have 10 minutes with somebody, I'm still really interested in finding out as much as I can about them. Yeah. Um, are are yeah. you one of those photographers who can, can quite happily talk but concentrate at the same time? Because uh, I find that, you know, quite difficult. 
I don't know. I don't really think about it, to be totally honest with you. I, mean, I think you've got to set up lights or, you know, you've got to think yeah. about where you're going to do it. And when you've got a little time, it's, it's, it can be quite stressful. I think I find it quite um, frustrating, actually. I get very envious of writers because I'll start a really good conversation with somebody and then I'll have to take their picture. So I actually find it really, really difficult. And I'm really, really impatient. So if I start having a really good conversation with somebody and I see the light hit their face in a really beautiful way... I don't want to hold back. I need to take that picture no matter how delicate the situation is, which is really bad. So I think it's actually just a really, really horrible kind of conundrum that photographers have to deal with. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't I don't know if I can do both at the same time. I'm not sure. I can't really step outside myself. Yeah, of course. One of the projects that, that involved, you know, your kind of... Um ongoing kind of relationship with photographing young people was was um naturists um Mm. sort of teenage naturists and uh how did that idea come to you how did that come about I just googled it I just kind of yeah I just kind of thought about kind of what clubs and groups teenagers might be part of and I came across it and I just thought that's really tempting Mm. that's really interesting yeah, it's it's not the kind of thing that you know you you don't associate those things. You don't associate, right? You know, so it's kind of it's got it's quite unusual to start with. It's yeah. got a certain kind of uh, kind of resonance. But I'm just wondering, you, you know, you made a you made a decision which may have seemed obvious to you, which was that you had to get your kit off as well in order to photograph them. I'm just yeah. wondering, did you know? Uh, was it always obvious to you that you're going to have to do that? Yeah, I don't, I don't think I questioned it, to be totally honest with you. Um, I, I don't think... Um, I didn't have to. I didn't have to do it. But I sure, but to you it was... You know, it, it was, was just obvious of... for so many reasons. I just thought, you know, I can't develop trust with people unless I do that. I can't understand why people want to do that unless I do that. I'm very curious as to why they want to. And also, you know, it put me in a position which is quite unusual for a photographer where I'm more vulnerable than the people that I'm photographing. You know, they have the power, not me. So that was quite interesting. Let's talk about some of the other um, projects that you, you've done. Um, um, which ones do you want to talk about? Don't mind. Put you on the spot there. Throw me a curveball question. I don't know. Uh, I will in a minute. Well, what are you working on at the moment? I don't want to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> what can you reveal? You, you, you started a project about um, Jewish community. Yeah, yeah, it is. Is that, is that still ongoing? Yeah, I think like, um, I'll tell you what I'll talk about. I, so I, I have been working on a couple of projects in progress. And actually, um, in the past couple of weeks, I've talked a lot about giving up and the idea of giving up projects and... Um, when to know if a project is working and when it's not working. And um, my nature is to be incredibly stubborn and tenacious. And if something isn't working, I have to find a solution. There will be a solution to it. And I wonder if actually sometimes the braver thing to do is to let something go and go, it's not working. Um, I think that's a very interesting point, yeah. And I I don't know the answer to that, but I do know that there are certain things that I can do to kind of like uh, float in between that. So, for example, the feedback that I've had on one of my projects is that I should just just give it up. Like, the pictures are great, but the idea doesn't match the pictures and it's just not working. And in my head, I'm like, okay, well, I've poured thousands of pounds worth of money and time over the past three years into that project. And 
I don't really know what will equate to a success because I don't really have like a, a kind of finishing line. But I do know that I don't just want to give it up. So I think that what I need to do is maybe just put it on the shelf for a bit and step away from it and and, and look at it, you know, with fresh eyes once I've, you know, done a few other things. And I think that the Jewish project is, again, something I've been doing for years and I've got absolutely, excuse my French, but fuck all out, like hardly any pictures, like five pictures maybe. And it's a very, very time-consuming and draining project. Um but it's one I'll probably end up doing for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, because I've learned that, like, it's, you know, I'm not the only person that can do it. And, you know, all, all photographers are kind of searching for an original idea or all these kind of things. And I'm sure that somebody could come along and do that project in five minutes and maybe do it better than me. But maybe there's just a reason that I keep going back. And, and maybe it's kind of... Um, it must be teaching me something, otherwise I wouldn't continue doing it. And if it's just teaching me to be patient, maybe that's one thing. Or maybe it's actually challenging how I approach people. Um, I don't know. I don't know what... I, I don't know yet. But I kind of like... I just go with my gut feeling that those two projects, although they're frustrating me, both of them... Um, they must be giving me something, otherwise I wouldn't keep doing them. Okay. So one is the, the Jewish mm-hmm. community, and what was the other one? Uh, one's a project called Youth Without Age and Life Without Death. Uh, is that is that the Romania yeah. project? Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess, how you know, that, that whole issue of um, when do you um, – when do you think, uh, you know, it's time to just, to just bin this – and when do you say, well, I'm just going to have to, to, to keep plugging away? Um, yeah, that's, that's a difficult one to, to deal I with. I think it is. And I think that the most difficult thing about it is that only the artist can find that answer. And no matter how much advice I seek, and no matter how many people tell me to give up, ultimately it's within my hands. But I think that at the moment what I need to do is actually shift my attention and my effort and my energy towards some other projects. Because I think that... The minute that projects become draining or punishing or effort, you know, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel natural. That's not why I started photography. And I think that actually, I don't mean to contradict myself, but I think that it's also important to realise that, that shoots and projects won't always be great. Sometimes they are horrible and sometimes they are a pain in the arse and sometimes I hate photography. But actually, that's just part of it. Hmm. And I'm not going to love it all the time because life's not like that. But I think when I feel stuck, like I do now, I feel like chipping and chipping away at something is just not helpful. It doesn't feel productive. It doesn't it doesn't feel nourishing. Hmm. Yeah, I know. I, I relate to it. I'm kind of yeah in that in that place myself. But so, so you know, what's your advice on how to to break that kind of deadlock then because i think that's the thing it's boundaries i think it's i think it's boundaries and i think it's um mixing shit up like really mixing shit up so for example i've just i've changed my routine i've changed what i'm looking at for influences i've started reading different books that i wouldn't normally read um i'm you know, I'm kind of like forming ideas in a different way. I'm speaking to people. And I think that's incredibly important. Like uh, a friend of mine has just started a really, really wonderful group um, 
that's a women's group on like you know we have this brunch once a month and uh and it's just for photographers and it's really great and we're just a whole load of girls that sit there really hungover on a sunday have brunch and talk about photography and that's just a wonderful blessing of a space that away from education you know which i kind of miss um where you can just go i'm really stuck on this idea what do you think and i think that actually my main influence comes from conversation Mm. I mean, you seem to be someone who can work on multiple projects at once, as it were. So that's part of part of the way you kind of get around it. Because if one thing starts to um, piss me off, piss you off, yeah, you can kind of move to another thing. Some some photographers kind of have to focus on one almost one project at a time. Yeah, yeah. and also you, you're you're quite you know you're quite good on the blogging. That that seems quite important to you. Is that true? Um, I think because my routine is so scatty and I have such a lack of routine, I started about three years ago just to implement small things within my life that that remain consistent. And my blog was one of them. Um, and I knew that um, one thing that I've always enjoyed doing, but I've never um, had the luxury of practicing is writing. Um, I'm not very good at it, but I just really enjoy it. And um I think my writing kind of comes out like my speech. Um, so some people relate to it very well. Like the feedback that I've had on the way that I write my blog has been really nice. Like people have felt like I'm having a conversation with them. And sometimes I do read it back and I go, God, I sound like a dick. Like, mm. But it's just a vent. It's just like, I, I think hardly anyone reads it. It's kind of a nice way for me to shove a few words down and a story and actually just like vent my insecurities, vent my tales and it's just a nice diary and a way to look back and just by having that consistency of every Thursday once a week having a deadline just means that I know that I have to do that every week and I quite like that it's kind of like you know having an appointment once a week every week or going to yoga once a week you know it's kind of I yeah. I'm quite bad at keeping those things so it's yeah. good for me I, I, you know it's funny because you used to uh, I used to notice that you spent a lot of time beating yourself up about missing your deadline every week yeah there was a lot of self-flagellation going on. yeah I missed it again yeah I, everyone I, takes a piss out of me you know there's this there's, yeah because it was every it was, all it was literally every week like and oh, it, it no. kind of became like uh, it's, it's a self entirely self-imposed deadline it's not like there's right. no there's no penalty but not only that like who the like nobody cares nobody's reading it <laughs> like i was just like oh, I was why well it just felt it felt funny like another thing that my friends take the piss out of me for is like literally every day on facebook i'm like help i need this or help can anyone assist me like mm. it's just constant and and i i don't know like i find real kind of like um oh what's it called sanctuary and in the internet to be honest i mm. really embrace it and i really like that idea that the community kind of outstretches just you know the physical kind of meetups with people yeah i mean you know photography is quite a and i can be quite isolating it is quite a solitary thing i don't thing. think it is people say that and i'm like what like i'm so sick of people by the end of my day <laughs> like i really don't think it is like as a photographer especially as a portrait photographer you're always meeting new people I work with assistants a lot of the time. Sometimes I'm working with a whole team of people. Or if I'm not doing that, I'm usually meeting with people. 
So I really don't feel it's solitary. And actually, I feel like it's kind of less solitary than a lot of careers because you're always seeing different people. You're not going into an office and seeing the same people every single day. And also, you don't feel that burden of having to go out for drinks with your office friends just because you work with them. Because you can go out for drinks with anyone. Yeah. No, it's true. I guess it depends what kind of uh, It depends what kind of you... person you are. You, If you want to be solitary, you yeah. can. And that's the beauty of it. I can lock myself away for two weeks and not speak to anyone. You know, when I'm in Romania, I can't speak their language. And sometimes I'll go like a week without having, you know, a proper conversation with somebody. And that can be, yeah, that can be quite quite draining or it can actually be a totally beautiful experience. Yeah. So what is that? project um can maybe you can kind of explain a little bit more about what that's about i'm still trying to figure that out myself right Um, is that one of the reasons it's it's problematic do you think yeah i think i i think it's just very complicated and i think that actually i need to simplify it and get back to why i started it and the reason i started it was because i thought it was a beautiful tale about something that i can really relate to which is i feel very frightened by the idea of um, just being another grain of sand, you know, just kind of like being anyone and just living and working and dying. And the tale is about the idea of living forever. And and I think that's a really fascinating idea of being given eternal life and what that would mean and what you would live for. And I just... So yeah, it's quite, it is quite, it is quite abstract in that it's sense. It's a very, so. very different piece of work for me. It's yeah. very different. And, you know, um, the images are very different. And that feels exciting to me rather than the idea of giving up on it. I kind of feel like it's a real challenge. Um, and it's much more poetic than my other work in the sense of it's a lot more, as you say, abstract. And it's a lot, it's based on a myth. It's based on a tale. So in that sense, it kind of, it has a very fantasy based element about it. Um how are you choosing to try and kind of represent the ideas though? Are you, are you, photogra- you photographing old people in particular or is it no, much No, so within my tale, that? I'm going back to where the tale originated from um, and I'm, I'm photographing things that um, are symbolic and resonant within the themes of that tale. So life, death, youth, age, cycles, birth. And then I'm, I'm freezing gifts that are given to me and re-photographing them. Um, and and just kind of using lots of symbolic colours and objects within each image. Right. And there was also something where you were using very old film stock. Is that yeah, is, so is it's that... all shot on expired film, varied ex- expired films. So some of it expired in 2009, some of it expired in 1992. So it's very varied. Right. Um, the other thing you... You do is is you go on these walks. What's uh, tell me about the the walks? How, what function do the, the, the It's do just the... it's basically it's a bit of a game, and I I go to a train station, I I or I look at a map, and I close my eyes, and I just kind of point somewhere, and that's where I go. Um, and for me, it kind of has two elements of the game. It's kind of one element is this very solitary thing of getting off off my ass and going and walking around and. The other thing is actually exploring the limitations and and the depths of friendships. Um, I find that living in a city, um, you often only see people for pockets of time. Um, And I actually, I I have a massive issue with trust. I don't really trust people. Um, So for me, getting to know somebody on a different wavelength is very valuable 
I like spending a whole day really kind of figuring out how I feel about someone and how they feel about me and and also uh, sharing an experience with them. You know, I try not to overanalyze it. Um, mm. I just kind of enjoy it. But when I look back at those experiences, it's actually been really helpful for kind of deepening my relationships with my friends and um, finding things out about them and about myself that I would never, ever know if I just went for a drink with them or... Right. Um, so, yeah. And just basically going back to the idea, like, what I love is just going on adventures and being a kid and just exploring and just yeah. having fun, you know? Like, that's what it's basically about. Yeah, and photography is a very good excuse for doing those totally. things. But it, you keep coming back to this trust thing... It's interesting you say you don't trust other people because obviously gaining the trust of other people is part of what you do. So there's a kind of contradiction there. You have to gain other people's trust and yet you find it difficult to trust other people. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. I just, um, yeah, I'm very guarded in that sense. Yeah. But I'm very like, I think because of that, I'm so honest and open. Like I really, I really hate dishonesty. Um and I think that like one thing that I really value in people is when they admit their mistakes or, or when they're just like really open, even if they know it's going to hurt someone. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of like I'm learning constantly the boundaries of that, and I'm learning. So you're you're, you're yeah, kind of I can relate to that. You 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 don't like the kind of bullshitting that that kind of goes along with exactly. Uh, so for that reason, I'm incredibly open. You know, I've had. With the Jewish project, you know, so many times I've had people say, yeah, sure, you can take my picture, but, like, it can't go anywhere. You can't publish it or, like, you can't put it on the internet. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to. I don't, like, it doesn't, I I don't know if I will, but I don't want to. Like, I don't want that risk. You know, Mm. I hate the idea of, of hurting people or fucking people over or... You know, like, because we, we're we all human. We all make mistakes. And I have, like, jeez, I made a lot of mistakes. But I don't know. I just, I like the idea of being, like, very honest with people. Yeah. And I see that as a protection because I don't want to get hurt. Right. Well, also people, I guess people appreciate that and therefore... Not always. Do you don't think so? No, I don't at all. I think some people find absolute um, honesty really difficult and they don't want it. No, yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. People, I know people, people where can... they don't want to know if their partners are cheating on them. They don't want to know if their husbands or wives are cheating on them. And I find that really difficult to understand. Yeah. Yeah. But in terms of your subjects, if you are very, um, you know, if you come across as being very straight and transparent, then, um, you know, that that tends to make people more inclined to, to trust you. Maybe. Hmm. Maybe. I'm interested, you speak to a lot of, you're speaking to a lot of photographers. Um, Do you find it interesting how, because I I find it quite bizarre, somebody just asking me about myself and asking me to talk about myself. And I think that that's, I feel like really grateful. I feel like, wow, that's really nice of you to be interested in me. Um, I have no idea where you are, but that's great. And I think that some of the ideas that form from that are are really interesting. Um, But I wondered, because you speak to a lot of photographers, um, do they vary in how they view themselves or is there a common way in which photographers have an impression of themselves um, and do they separate their identity as an artist to who they are like I know some people have aliases and I just thought that might be quite interesting to yeah. discuss well yeah no I mean that's that's a lot of different questions but I mean I mean first of all I mean one of the reasons I, I want to do this is because um 
I don't speak to that many people. Um, I've been around a long time, but, um, you know, it doesn't mean to say I know many people. I really don't. Um, and um, I think the answer is that, that, you know, a photographer is a very diverse group of people. And um, that's one of the reasons they're hopefully interesting to talk to. Um, so uh, I don't know. I, I reckon you should ask me in six months or something. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. because um, at the moment it's early days and mm-hmm. I, I don't know whether I think there I'm sure there are things in co- that they have in common. I think um, I think photography attracts a lot of strange people. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe strange is the wrong word, but but um, yeah. Yeah, there are certainly people with with who are trying to kind of work through some things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I guess I'll let you know. Okay, do yeah. So, uh, what do you love most about being a photographer? Mm, what do I love most about being a photographer? Oh, there's quite a few things, uh, but least... I don't know if they're relevant to being a photographer. Do you know? It's, I think what I love most is it provides me with a sense of identity. I've always felt very at home with the idea of being a photographer, it makes me feel like I have a purpose. Um, Not for any result or reason, just, I don't know, like, it just feels comfortable. Um, And I'm just one of those really lucky people that just picked up a camera and fell in love and haven't really fallen out of love. And I, I feel really blessed to have a passion because I know that a lot of people are looking for their passion or searching for their passion or don't have the opportunity to to do their passion all the time. Um, there's a lot of things I hate about being a photographer. Um, it can make me feel very insecure. And um, yeah, like it's it's really hard when it's so tied up in your identity because it's so personal and it's so infused and it's not something you can let go of. And when people criticise you, you crave that criticism in order to grow, but it also cuts quite deep. So you have to be very thick-skinned. Um, and I'm a bit of a contradiction in that way in the fact that I really crave criticism because I really seek personal growth and I get really frustrated with my own work and really don't like it. So I'm constantly looking for change. But at the same time, like, you know, of course, criticism is hard because it's personal. Mm. So there are so many things that I love about being a photographer but ultimately, I think it's just part of me. Mm. Do you have any predictions for the future of, of it, of the medium? Of the medium? I think in the future, people are going to walk around and they're not even going to take pictures. They're just going to blink and then it's going to take a picture. I okay. think our eyes will... I think we'll have contact lenses that are cameras. Right. We'll be sort of cyborgs or kind of bionic. No, I just think of. we'll have contact lenses and then we'll just kind of have a little, like... Thing that will just be like focus, 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 click. Mm. Do, you, do you, I mean, do you think that it will always be a profession, or do you think you know there's going to come a point where? Uh... Yeah, I think like to be honest, like I'm not. So I did this article with the um, the New Scientist a while back, and they their opening question was, so how do you feel about the idea that you know you're going to be out of a job soon, and you know they just invented the super duper amazing camera, and I was like, you know what, like, and I, I was quite proud of this quote actually 
thought it was quite good. Um, I said, you know, just because like you reinvent the paintbrush doesn't mean there aren't going to be any painters out there. Because I kind of think they're like, if you enjoy doing something, you know, it's always going to be there because you enjoy doing it. Like, I don't, I guess what you're asking is a very different question. What you're asking is, do you always think that you're going to be able to make money out of photography? Yeah, I guess I'm asking, I guess I'm wondering about, about you know how things are going to change because things things have already changed quite profoundly uh, in recent years and for instance you know the idea that that you know um, everything's uh, you know everything's going to be about moving pictures and, right and, but you, you know, know what like that doesn't it doesn't frighten me um at times it makes me slightly anxious and concerned but then i kind of have to remember that you know what's wonderful about all these things that are happening is you can always learn them, you know, like there's always an opportunity to teach yourself these new skills and nothing, you know, like nothing is kind of forever in a sense. And what's wonderful about being a creative is that you have the opportunity to constantly try new things. And I don't really have like a kind of like, um, like a contract with myself that I'm always just going to be a stills photographer. Like if I decide to one day be a writer or to be a sculptor or something like that, then I could totally, you know, give it a try. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it doesn't frighten me because you can always learn, is my answer. Yeah. And I mean, as a photographer, in terms of learning, have you, are you trying to develop, you know, have you, do you consciously try to develop your process as it were? Or, you know, are you consciously trying to, um, create a certain style or a certain signature no (laughs) I'm just I'm constantly trying to challenge myself um and I remain dissatisfied so it's rare that I kind of do something and I'm like yeah I'm, I'm kind of happy with that I think it's I think it's quite nice um like when somebody recognizes an image you've taken because it feels like a certain part of your personality has been infused onto an image. Um, and, but I've never done that consciously. Like I've, and you know, something that I over say and overuse is the explanation that I kind of feel like taking pictures is just like, um, my voice. And when I play it back, I hate the sound of it just like other people. And when I take pictures, I don't like looking at them, but it's just my way of communicating and it's just completely natural the way it comes out. And I don't really want to go to a speech therapist and change my voice or change my accent because it kind of is who I am. And the same with photography. I don't particularly want to try and develop a new style. I just kind of want to continue to grow and continue to learn. And, you know, if it evolves, then it's kind of like, you know, that that's happened through an organic process. I, I don't I don't really feel the need to... Um, to force it and a lot of students say you know how do you how do I find my style and how do I and and I I don't I don't really don't know the answer to that yeah how do you find your your voice your or voice. whatever but I like and I feel really lucky because like a lot of people recognize my images and some people will say to me oh yeah that's a Laura Panak or you know my um my mum who is you know obviously my mum you know will flip through a magazine or a book or a brochure and she will spot my images straight away so it's quite interesting that she can do that. Like, mm. I, I find that, I quite like that. Yeah, you, you, you know, I think it's, it's, it's what all photographers ultimately want to achieve is to have some kind of distinctive uh, signature. 
I don't know. I don't know if I ever sought out to seek that, but I definitely find um, well, I find it, it. I find it quite nice. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it just ha- you know it just happens. It develops yeah. organically, kind of thing. It seems to have done in your case. I think. I think the. Um, the worst thing, though, is if you have that style and then you don't have any desire to try anything else. Like people like David Hockney, you know, are, I find them really inspiring because they're kind of not scared to fail. And I like that idea. You know, when the iPad came out, he started doing like light drawings. And I, I like that idea, you know, of, of not getting too caught up in in complacency and, and kind of like um, the security of a style. Which which photographer would you like to, uh, you know, hear a podcast interview with? Who 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 should I interview? Okay, well, um, how about Simon Roberts, your mentor? How did that? Yeah, he'll be fantastic. He's very. But I've heard Simon speak. Yeah, so of course. I personally wouldn't be like if you know if you were to pick anyone in the world, I'd say that Simon is a fantastic speaker and a very interesting one. Um, He'd be an obvious person. Um, and 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 that that relationship developed because you used I to assist him, him. Yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. I think that I think what would fascinate me about hearing from photographers is those photographers that you don't hear from all the time, and those people that are quite uh, private people or quite obscure personalities, like Nan Golden. You know, yes. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, like I I'd quite like to hear from people who I look at their work and I'm like, how did you do that? Mm. And how do people find you, Laura? You're, you're at laurapanak.com. I am. It's P-A-N-N-A-C-K. And your blog is also there so people can come. It and... is. And I've got a little thing called Mayfly on there at the moment as um, well. Yeah, I saw that. What is that? So it's just a bit of fun. Um, just spontaneously now and again, I'll throw an image up that's not on my website um, and it will just be there for 15 minutes. And it's uh, it's just the idea of like, as a photographer, we often stumble across beautiful things and it's kind of nice to just, or obscure things or disgusting things or. Oh, that's, that's nice. I I didn't quite get what that was about, but now I do. Um, And do you tweet? I do. I I didn't know about Twitter until a few years ago and then I kind of, I've embraced it. I think it's brilliant. What, how do people find you on Twitter? Uh, Just Laura Panic. Okay. And Facebook, presumably. I am, yeah, I'm there. I've got a, got a page there. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thank you so much for talking to me. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm.